With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Everyone has been destroyed because of this freak. I won't allow it. These babies just saved this lame fast party. What's going on? You are listening to Twig, the flagship of stupidity. I'm your host, Mike, the Birdman Dodd, and I'm not alone as, believe me, it's been a hell of a 24 hours. I am joined with... Alex? That's right. Yes. That's who you are. So yes, Alex is back joining me yet again in studio because we are enjoying the nice October weather. Um, it's been a week, uh, to say the very least. Um, yeah. Where do I start? Because typically we like to start the show off with what's been going on in our lives, what's been going on in the world, such as it has been. So this past week, uh, me and Alex watched the Canadian federal election, which my wife participated in. She was a returning officer or deputy returning officer. She worked so long it made her cry. Yeah, it was not good. She had an 18-hour day. Yeah, like she had to be up at like 6 to get there. For 7, And she didn't get back till 2 in the morning. It was ridiculous. So um, obviously do your part to be a part of the political process if you do wish. It does pay well, um, but the days are just remarkably long. Well, I'm it, surprised. It doesn't, you think it pays well on paper. They're like you get, depending on your riding, three to $400 to run that day. And it depends on what position but, you have. Yeah, it depends on your position. If you're hourly, great. But if you're supposed to be working eight hours, but you end up working 20 hours and only get paid for eight yeah, because she was one of the higher, she was one of the highest paid positions because hers was a daily rate. But if you were a poll clerk, you would have made more. But yeah. that's not the only exciting news uh, that happened uh, this past week. So, as you guys know, here on Twig, we usually get a variety of different pitch emails. Uh, normally, it's like, hey, can you talk about this new study? Can you talk about X? Talk about Y? And they're usually pretty can, boring. Pretty can we mundane. do a guest blog post on tiles? 
Yeah, like really yeah. weird ones. Like clearly they're not reading what our website is optimized for, whatever. So um, last year or the year before last, just before PAX East, I believe, I got a pitch email talking about something exciting for the realm of gamers, and it was a prostate massager. And I was like, okay. So I tweeted out a picture of that email. You, you turned it down, and I was so mad. I said, this is content we could totally be using for hilarity's purposes. But it was funny because I wasn't the only pr- member of the gaming press to get this. Uh, one of the guys from Penny Arcade, I think it was Tycho, responded to me personally. He's like, you got this too? And we're like, yeah. And then more and more outlets started coming forward with the same pitch email. And we're like, okay, that's pretty fucked up. So... Flash forward to last night, six o'clock, because last night got pretty exciting. So six o'clock rolls around and I get an email from a gentleman named Brian. Hello, the, the, Mike. The preference, it, it, was, it was to the feedback. So it was both of us got it at the same yeah. time. You just happened to see it first. So it's like, hello, my name is Brian. I represent this website. It contains no nudity. We are a tech-focused, product-driven uh, website. Would you like to talk about this? What would it cost for a sponsored post? And you go to this guy's website, and I'm not revealing the punchline just yet. He's been on Forbes, Comedy Central, all these big uh, websites. Indiegogo, a bunch of other. Yeah, Forbes was the big one. Uh, and it's a professionally well-put-together site. I'll yep. say that. Uh, it, part of me went, is this a joke? And then, yeah. and then part of me went, no, this is real. Yeah, we started looking into it, and we're like... Okay, so here comes the punchline. It was for the auto blow. What is the auto blow, you might ask? Well, <laughs> I'm glad you fucking well did. Uh, the auto blow is a auto fellatiating machine for you. It's uh, it's a rubberized dick sucking machine. Yeah, basically, basically, it's like the super flashlight with artificial intelligence. And it plug in the wall, battery rechargeable power. No, you it, it it only plugs in oh, because this way it right. won't ever die when you're about I to climax. Was, I thought it was automatic rechargeable battery, but they weren't very clear about that. Yeah, they say this one plugs into the wall, so uh, I have many questions about. Cord so it's like life. the men's version of that Hitachi wand, sort of, and it has up to ten different techniques uh, pre-programmed into it. So pretty extreme. Retails for over two hundred dollars. And I was, I said to Alice, I'm like, what the flying fuck is this? And what did I say? Get one. I said. Or ask for $10,000 and one. I said, ask for $10,000 and a couple for review. <laughs> because if they say no, you're like, well, what about $1,000? I'm like, don't, because then they might actually do it. And, but if, <laughs> but if somebody offered ten grand and we were like, well, look at the money we can invest in the show. I'd be like, then it would be worth it. Because you're like, well, what if we lose people depending on... It, it could be so out of our realm of, of things. I'm like, there's a show for that. But I realized, I said, dude, but if they if they give us 10 Gs, it's worth losing a few people for 10 Gs if you can invest it <laughs> in the show. But, but they have a cartoon. Yeah, it's pretty amusing. On, on their website. That explains all about the dick-sucking machine. And it's hilarious yeah and uh this is not the first time i've been offered sex toys uh for review or for conversation uh a number of years ago uh the fleshlight people contacted me and they sent me a bunch of fleshlights i'm like what the fuck am i gonna do with these and this is because i was talking to the digital uh playground girls at that time i was talking to jesse jane uh riley Steele, stoya etc so they're like here 
test drive them? So if you had a, just a, a box of flashlights? Yeah, it was really weird. You, and, and, and that followed me around through several moves. And eventually we threw them in the dumpster. You didn't donate them to the forest for all, for all the all the forest porn <laughs> forest kids. Forest flashlights. For the forest porn kids to find in like a, a, a chest. Should have had a buried treasure chest. Somebody opened it up and it's like, oh, what is it? It's, it's ancient porno mags and flashlights. And only if it played the Legend of Zelda sound when you opened it up. You could totally rig it to do that. <laughs> if you did that in a major city... Put it, you know, did it eventually it would be found in the next few years, I guarantee you. And you know it would hit the news. Oh, it would be on Reddit for sure. Um, so anyway, that was six o'clock. Um, so anyway, as you all know, I'm an amputee. And last night um, I was going about my business. And for the first time since the amputation back in 2017, uh, November of 2017, I fell. I fell in my apartment. Uh, more, more embarrassingly, I fell while going to the bathroom. Uh, you didn't start yet. You were transferring to go to the bathroom. Yeah, I was transferring to go to the bathroom. And I fell on the floor in a very compromising position. And, uh, yeah, it didn't end well. For, for all intents and purposes, if it happens in a cartoon, it's funny. If it happens in real life, it's not funny. It sucks. Um, and it was kind of funny because I hit the ground and I wasn't like, ah! I was more like, ugh. Sort of shocked that it happened. Yeah, you were but more annoyed. You're like, I fell, and uh, other people like Blair went, "Oh no!" Yeah, my wife had this very cartoonish response, not cartoony, haha, but cartoon like, "Oh no, my poor husband!" And she freaked out. But bless her heart, her and my friend Shannon and you were here uh, to help me. Now, unfortunately, just due to the nature of my injury, being an amputee. Um, I do not have the strength of my other leg to pull myself up. So we did have to call uh, the fire department. Yeah, not for lack of trying. We didn't want to pull or prod in ways that could injure, injure or you. you or us or anybody. Uh, and we did give it an attempt. But it's when somebody has both of their legs or they have most of the physical strength that you would normally have, no matter what your current weight is, it wouldn't matter because you could help the people out. But... With only having one leg, your other leg can't really compensate, so it makes exactly. It, so whatever weight you're at, it feels like twice as much as it would normally be. Yeah, like I can only imagine what would fall. Like I, I, I can only imagine what other amputees have gone through falling out in public, or if you're and, say your artificial leg came. And off. I mean, if you're like 150 pounds, no big deal. Anybody on the street can help you up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you are, you know, rocking our way. If you're over four bills. Yeah. It's near impossible for two, three people to do it without extra help. Exactly. So, uh, thankfully, the Guelph Fire Department and the paramedics did help me. Uh, they're like, do you want to go to the hospital? I'm like, no, nah, man, I'm good. Uh, we joked the whole time. I was up in like 10 minutes, uh, 10, 15 minutes after they got here. And, uh, yeah, so big ups to them. Well, and the big thing is, like, the biggest fear is not just that you fall in it. There's always the anxiety around, like, oh, my God, I have to call professional help. But then when they come and they end up being, you know, super courteous, very, uh, uh, very, I, I don't know, like, they don't make a big deal out of it. They just help you out. You were, you were much calmer than you expected you were going to be. Yeah, I was like, like I said, I was more annoyed that I fell and I was surprised it took this long. I'm thankful this didn't happen in public. Yeah, that or at a time when nobody else is here. Yeah, exactly. Because like, if I like when I fell, my cell phone flew out of my hand. 
Um, you would and, now. You now, luckily, because of our connected technology, you could have used Google to call. Yes, and I do have Google set up for several uh, emergency contacts as a just in case. Yeah. So you know, there, there, we're in the day of technology and the day of connected everything. So you wouldn't have been totally, you know, out of sorts. Exactly. I wouldn't have been totally boned. So, thank you, late fall motorcycle. Now, now am I allowed to make a joke? Sure. Humpty Dumpty. Humpty Dumpty did indeed fall down. It seems to be a reoccurring theme with me. <laughs> um, so yeah, yes. uh, that was our evening. We spent with the fire department, uh, uh, blowjob machines, and uh, actually, uh, before we drop in, into the show proper, um, me and Alex recorded a couple of Halloween commentaries, which will be coming out next week. Um, we also recorded a horror roundtable, which you should have heard earlier this week. There was a prototype that uh, came out over, over the weekend. Um, and we're going to do something for Black Friday as that approaches, sort of like what's the good deal. Yeah. Then we have our uh, end of the year um buying guide or holiday gift guide which will be the last live show for the year and then we'll come back uh probably around usually about two weeks in the january yeah. when regular shows come there'll back. probably be a turd or treasure somewhere in there because you know as christmas season comes there's going to be uh, a bunch of stuff that we didn't get a chance to get out yeah so there'll be there'll be something you know uh, there'll be like there'll be something for merry christmas yeah you know like like just a you know a message from us same as last time. Same with Happy New Year sort of deal. Yeah. But there won't be like a long extended regular show. Exactly. And then we'll like typically I, I like to plan it as we're back after MAGFest is how I always like to Which, plan it. When does MAGFest go to? Oh, fuck if I know. Um, we're back for Alex's birthday in February. Yay. Oh, we'll, we'll be back before then. But anyway, that's how you guys know. So anyway, uh, coming up on this show, got a lot of really weird news this week. We're going to talk about a certain set of famous stairs that have been taken over by Instagram. Rats that drive cars. Um, we also have some news in the week uh, involving everyone's favorite video game that launched last year from a big company. They want to charge you 100 bucks a year to play it now. Uh, we're also going to talk uh, about uh, some developments with Google, which are kind of cool, and a show that defied the odds and became very successful on a remarkably small streaming network. So stay tuned for all this and more, plus reviews from me coming up on Ghostbusters Remastered on the Xbox One. I'm also going to be talking about Dead by Daylight, the port on the Nintendo Switch. And finally, another Halloween movie review from Paramount Home Entertainment, where I'll be looking at a two-pack of The Addams Family and The Addams Family Value movies. Uh, so anyway, we'll be right back. I've been Mike the Birdman Dodd, joined with Alex, the producer. We'll be back right after this. We are looking at Ghostbusters, the video game remastered, brought to us by Mad Dog, Saber Interactive, and to a lesser extent, Terminal Reality, even though they don't exist anymore. So Ghostbusters, the video game, me and this game actually have a bit of a history. Uh, this is one of the first major stories that I ever worked on as a games journalist for thegameheroes.com. Remember them? Uh, and I actually got a chance to visit Terminal Reality way back in 2009 before the game launched and got a chance to premiere an exclusive cutscene uh, for this game. So I, I have a love for this property and this game in particular. So when the remaster got announced, I was quite excited. The fact that you were going to be able to play this on the PC again, PlayStation 4, the Switch, the Xbox One, which is where I uh, reviewed it. So a lot more people were going to get a chance to be exposed to this now that it's the Ghostbusters 35th uh, anniversary. So you might be wondering, well, what, what did they do? 
Well, they pretty much gave this game a fresh coat of paint in terms that they up a lot of stuff. A lot, a lot of the textures have been uh, improved, but they haven't touched any of the core mechanics. This is still the exact same game you played back in 2009. Um, although uh, the multiplayer is now missing, uh, that's one thing to definitely note. Um, I've heard rumors saying they were going to do it. But considering this is a budget release, I can't see that happening, um, all things considered. Um, however, though, I did encounter some bugs while playing this on the X. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Xbox One. Uh, some achievements wouldn't trigger. Uh, there was one where you go to uh, the Sedgwick Hotel's ballroom and you're supposed to fry a ham that's meant for a, a bar mitzvah, and you get an achievement for that. I nuked that ham with my uh, proton pack, and the achievement wouldn't trigger. So that was interesting. I also noticed a really weird one. I'm using an Xbox One Elite controller to play, and I kept getting inputs uh, for my uh, proton stream, where it kept selecting the weapon, like the icon would appear on my screen so that was a little bit odd that never happened in the original uh 360 or my ps3 uh playthroughs of this um in terms of anything extra they've added to this this is literally a straight up port as in all the special features like all the promotional videos are still the ones from 2009 like they didn't give the updated blu-ray um uh dvd or whatever uh, video they didn't update that one thing they did do though and this is it's very 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 minor Harold Ramis passed away and I want to say 2014 they did dedicate the game to his memory so just before the firehouse sequence in the intro ends it does say in loving memory of Harold Ramis um other than that though this is a chance for you to play the game if you missed it the first time round. if you're playing this for the first time on the PlayStation 4 or if you're playing this for the first time on the Nintendo Switch, then maybe this is worthwhile. This sits in kind of a weird spot for if you have the original PC version, or if you have the original 360 versions, you could just go back and play those. Sure, you're not getting the full pretty experience, but you're asking yourself right now, is it worth it for just a visual upgrade? But that's where uh, I'm going to have to say... Speak with your wallet on this one. Um, maybe do a, a little bit of visual research. From my experience, um, I'm not too impressed. And I'm a pretty big ghost head uh, myself. Like I said, having history with this game. Loving the Ghostbusters for 35 years plus at, at this point. And just... I don't know. I'm not as thrilled as many people are. Um, although having the ability to unlock the Ghostbusters 2... Uh, jumpsuit by beating this game on casual or normal or uh, unlocking the gold proton pack there isn't a lot of replay ability here so maybe if multiplayer gets added in at, at a later date maybe but as of right now I'm gonna say maybe wait for a deep deep sale on this one
News on the march. And welcome back to Twig, the flagship of stupidity. I'm still Mike the Birdman Dodd. He's still Alex the producer. Now it's time to talk about the news that happened around the world this week. Some good, some bad, mostly stupid as always. So let's start things off with everyone's favorite gaming company, Bethesda. They've given us such wonders, such as the Elder Scrolls Skyrim, Fallout 4, Fallout 3, and, well... A little game last year launched around this time, or it was in beta, known as Fallout 76, which essentially was the full game, but they labeled it beta and tried to, you know, whatever. But point of the matter is, the game came out last November, and it's been plagued with bugs, problems, glitches, delays, all sorts of problems. Their subreddit is almost constantly on fire, but there is a small, dedicated player base that is <clears throat> loyal to this game to a fault. Because they're <clears throat> foolish. Pretty much. I'm not calling them fools, so don't twist my words. It's foolish to believe that hard into a game. Yeah, I played 15 hours. I gave my review. I was given a review copy. I also got the Ultimate Edition with the helmet. My system was a Fallout 76 uh, exclusive color white version uh, Xbox One X, and I went to trade the game in immediately. When I bought the, the, game, the system, they're like, it trades in for two bucks. <laughs> that was only three months after it came out. Yeah. And, this... I, and I said, um, okay, sure. And then they used like some trade bump stuff that I had, and I got $5. A week after the game came out, the game was marked down to $40. Black Friday, it was even further reduced. You could pick it up for like 24 Nowadays, its average retail price is about $40. Well, well and this was the, sorry, this was a ridiculous thing. My system came with a physical copy and a digital copy. Here, find some other schmuck so, to pawn so I, off. I, I have the game. Have I played more than 10 seconds of it? No. Nope. You can see the entire game play loop relatively quickly. But the game has gotten better over the course of the year, but not nearly enough. So anyway, um, it was announced uh, early this year that there would be an expansion uh, called Wastelanders, which would add NPC and add choice and consequence, and really should have been so the wait, game how it launched. It turns it into an actual game? Yeah, it turns it into an actual game with less, oh, you know. Oh, wow. A year later? And the thing, I'm not even at, at the story. This is all background. So, uh, it was announced uh, earlier this week on October 23rd, and that's an important date to mark in the Fallout lore, because that's the day the war started, the bombs dropped. And bombs they dropped, they did. Bethesda decided to announce Fallout First, a premium subscription service where you can pay $13.99 or $100 a year to have a private world for up to you and seven of your friends. Um, the launch has gone troublingly fucked up uh people are reporting across reddit that some of the new things you get such as the uh unlimited stash box container which allows you to break down items in the world things you find whatever for crafting materials it's deleting shit it doesn't work um if you're one of the vendors in the world that happens to be like an a role player like say you may run a hospital you may run a trading post um your private world can be invaded uh, private worlds are already instances of the game that are there. Like people are finding dead NPCs areas already looted. Um, so you're not getting a private experience. Basically you're paying for the privilege to play by yourself. 
And that doesn't even fucking work. Uh, one of the things that's reported is that when you start the world, you as the paying player can invite up to seven of your friends. If you leave the world, um, it's being reported, everybody gets immediately kicked. Other reports are saying that uh, once those players that were invited into your world leave, then the world resets. Which is fine, but still, it's, it's a pain in the ass. Though the story this week is Bethesda did not claim falloutfirst.com as a web domain. Someone has taken it upon themselves to copy the Fallout First uh, release and make it, well, their own. Describing you as fucking idiots, thank you for getting bent over, and basically other hilarity. To be so dumb as to not claim the web domain for your new service, that is short-sighted and arrogant. Um, now, you might be wondering, well, why is the game monetizing a year in? And there's been several theories tossed around, and this one I think makes the most sense. Because Fallout 76 is being compared to a mobile game, where basically you pay for cosmetics. There are now some pay-to-win mechanics in the form of repair kits, the refrigerator, stuff like that. allows your items to degrade at a slower rate, repair them, etc. However, now that the game is a year later, they're looking to find whales, people that are spending money in the atomic shop and other places with this ability now is fallout maybe looking to keep the lights on so to speak because wastelanders got delayed to first quarter 2020 which is not a good sign because this was supposed to launch in like three weeks game's dead yes they're gonna sunset this before next and i don't mean like free to play i mean game's dead yeah like Dead, dead Like, like there are enough people playing online. However, even if you go online, the servers support above 20 players. If you want a private world, odds are when you log on, there's not going to be that many people playing anyway. So, in essence, and most players in the game are fairly friendly now before they used to grief you. All those people have moved on the greener pastures. Um, So, yeah, if you want the followed experience, um, don't pay for this this is that's a fucking ripoff 13 dollars yeah. a month and minecraft is cheaper the world's not even populating properly there are areas that are looted that shouldn't be looted dead npcs it, it, you can't do quests yeah they're not it's like you're playing on somebody's home beta hack server yeah oh that's another thing too with running your own server you should be able to dictate the rules you should be able to mod it you should be able to change how the server behaves nope can't do it because mods are not officially supported yet which means if why you do use you, a mod why would you support mods on a game that's so fundamentally broken that the game doesn't even work because this game from whatever everyone can tell it's just built upon a modified fallout 4 engine and you can mod the fuck out of that and they allowed and encourage it but for Fallout 76, because it's an online multiplayer game, they don't want people duping legendary items, which you can do anyway. I, I can't wait till E3 to see how they try to spin this. Like Everybody in charge of that company should hang themselves. I'm not going to go that far. <laughs> the look Michael just gave me. Okay. Uh, no. Todd Howard should step they, down. He should step down and they should hang the PR team. Whoever decided that... Uh, filling their crowds with paid people to clap for them at every whim, at every press event they go to. Well, those crowds, I wouldn't say paid, but I would say heavily vetted. Paid off. You're told, the louder you clap, the louder you clap, the more stuff we give you. Mm -hmm. They've been told that, or they sometimes fill it with people that are family members, people that work for the company. That is bullshit. Yeah. 
So well, I, I have a I have a vendetta against the misinformation that they pr- try to provide. Yeah, like I am a Bethesda fan. I have bought multiple versions of Skyrim, and I have Fallout Four oh, well, on like, Xbox. I love Doom. I love Wolfenstein. I love every game that they don't make themselves. When was the last time they made a game themselves that worked from day one as intended to? I'd like to say Fallout 4, but even then there were multiple problems. So what you're saying is... But not game What you're saying things. is either never, or sorry, not since Morrowind have they had yeah. a game that worked from, from, the, like, from the beginning. Yeah, because Obl- even Oblivion was, had problems. Oblivion was terrible on Xbox, like mm-hmm. how slow it was. But like, it's been like, what, 15 years since they had a working title at launch? How is that even allowed? Yeah, I mean, hell, I remember multiple patches coming out for Skyrim, and you got multiple patches for uh, Fallout. 4. And I mean, Skyrim works now after what ten years of development. Yeah, it's unfortunate, and I don't know what this means because the fact that they're doing a, a subscription model this late in the game's life cycle, they're looking for those dedicated fans to squeeze as much money as they can out of them. To pay the development team. This game, if Wastelanders happens before E3, I will be surprised. They're promising a roadmap of content. They want the, they wanted this game to survive for multiple years. This game will not survive till next year. This game looks like Chinese like knockoff crap that, that uses recycled assets that doesn't work. And well, is, it's the kind of game that like a Jim Sterling would protest against and then have shut down on Steam. Yeah, like there are recycled elements like hell. They 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 found a potentially recycled uh NPC. There's a character from Good Neighbor in Fallout 4 named uh Bobby No Nose and they yeah. show her in a screenshot for Wastelanders. The yeah. Oh god. The best thing about this game was that it allowed me to get an Xbox One X for $150 off, <laughs> and that's in white, and that, that version of the system, that particular shade of white, is only available in that version. Yeah. To the point, they were selling the system for almost $200 under cost. That's nuts. Like, I mean, I was, it, able, I was able to get a, a $599 system for $399 plus taxes. It's unfortunate just to see how much the follow brand has fallen. And me and Alex were talking uh, before the show. This will irrec of what? I can't pronounce that word right now. Help me out. Which one are you looking for? Irrecoscibly or, or, or what are you looking for? Uh, Irrecoverably. Okay, it? sure. Yeah. It will damage the reputation of the Fallout brand. Like we're not going to get another Fallout game until... Uh, PS5 or or Project Scarlet at least until 2023 at the earliest. The only thing they could do right now to appease people would almost be to redo Fallout 1 and 2 as first-person games. Yeah, if you redid them in the Fallout 4 engine and made it work, it would be great. And in, in fact, there was a big long-standing rumor, if I remember correctly, that there were going to be remastered versions of Fallout 3 and Fallout New Vegas to celebrate the 10th anniversary. But I don't know if that's enough. I almost feel like redoing the original were the interplay that made them. No, this was different. These like the, I mean, the original two games. Yes. Like I almost feel like if they did those stories in the new style, that could get fans in. Yeah, because they already have the engine. Just don't use that, that tweak one. Use the four engine that is stable. operational and stable, and just 
you know, pop in the old, make the assets and make it work. That's only a year's worth of work to do that. They already have the game script. They already have everything. You can do the voice acting in next to no time because I don't remember if the first game had voice acting it or not. It did, or at least very, very, very minimal. Um, so you, you could do that in a year and a half and win back some fans, have very little cost input into it. But no, they're not going to do that. Yeah, so Pete Hines, Bethesda, Todd Howard. Oh, Todd Howard. I can only imagine what your E3 oh, show is going to be like this I year. I want to see the Devolver Digital show this year because it's going to be all about these kind of... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Failed games. Oh, yeah. It, it's going to be fun. So already looking forward to E3 2020. Uh, next story uh, comes to us uh, from you, Alex. And uh, if you want to talk to me about Google confirms quanting supremacy breakthrough, you speak computer. Numbers. Okay. I don't. So. Uh, I'll dumb it down a little bit because even I don't get all of it. So there's quantum computing, which is, if anybody hears it, they'll think of comp- like science fiction and stuff. Basically, how a regular computer works is zeros and ones, right? It's binary. Either something is on or off a switch. Yeah. Quantum computing works a little different in that things can be either on, off, or neither in like an in-between state. Like how our brains work. Our brains are not ones and zeros. Our brains work on a neural network of different states things can be in. Mm -hmm. A lot more different states than what is just simple on and off. You add an extra third or fourth dimension by having those other states. Um, So how there are very complex uh, scientific uh, calculations that could take days upon days, even years, even hundreds of years to do with traditional computing and require significant horsepower to do so. We're talking, you gotta have a supercomputer with like 500 cores running at all this speed for 100 years to do this one calculation that, uh, or even like us humans couldn't do it that way, mm-hmm. you know, naturally in our brains. Well, a quantum computer can do it in five minutes because it, it, it's not just exponentially more powerful. It's more powerful by factors of like beyond what... what like astronomical it's, it's, it's literally like going from a programmed robot to a human brain, but a human brain that can be told to do very precise calculations. So, so what are some of the applications of quantum computing? Uh, genome, like astrophysics and you, you shit? You know, we do genome mapping and everything. Yeah. It, it'll be like, okay, we're going to run models on uh, if this, for instance, cancer treatment works. And it could take, uh, we'll run the scientific model and it'll take two weeks. Well, now we can do it in two minutes. Oh, wow. So it basically speeds up uh, calculations. Uh, very complex things like uh, when you're studying space, like rotations or or... If you're uh, genome mapping a new disease, like it's it, the idea is 
it, it'll take like seconds for what used to take hours. Yeah, like I was kind of reading the article there. Something it can do a calculation in two and a half days that would normally take ten thousand years. That's the idea. It, it, it's the. It's not that it would change how your home computer works. It's just the scale of very complex calculations. That's very cool, especially like I said, like as you look into things like uh, physics, geophysics, astrophysics, mapping genomes, stuff like that. So this is a very exciting computer leap forward. Yeah. Now IBM is contesting it because IBM has the current supercomputer, and they're like, "Well, no, that's not wrong, right? It would take it wouldn't take a hundred years for our computer to do this. It would take a week." And it's like, and. Yeah, it's still and it's still you. more than like an hour. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fuck off. Uh, so the the idea is, uh, this could change more, not just the calculations, how AI like not Skynet kind of like killer killer learning, but like the idea of how complex a computer like Skynet would be. Think um, the Google Cloud. Could this be used for artificial intelligence? It could. It could be part of AI learning, but the, what it will probably be used for. Uh, is doing massive server calculations. For instance, Google Stadia. Which I'm glad you mentioned Stadia, which is our yes, next story. But here's the thing. Let's say Stadia. It's using, it's using so much processing power, we have to have these huge server farms. Well, what if we could do everything that a server farm in 100,000 square feet needs with all the power? Uh, in, you could do that, same amount of calculations, creating a tenth of the heat in a computer the size of your home computer, in that same storage facility. Oh, okay. Wow. Let's put 10,000 of those in there and see what happens. Jeez. Now you're in the billions of times of power of what you currently have. It would be like taking your modern, uh, like eight core Ryzen computer mm-hmm. into 1985 and then comparing Showing it. it off. Yes. That's what it's like. That's the, that's the dramatic difference. It's that leap that we haven't had in 25 years. That's really cool, man. So, I'm really glad to see this. Whether or not it, it takes another 10, 15 years to implement, the fact that they said they've done it, that's pretty big. That, uh, for health sciences, for doing like, like the Large Hadron Collider, uh, studying things under the, under the water, uh, eventually it'll be military applications, and then it will trickle down into porn, because everything eventually does. This is how you're going to get a realistic porn sex doll, eventually. This is how you get the robot sexy AI. Eventually. Because the idea will be that it can do the minute calculations that a regular brain does to interact with you. You know, whenever I always think of AI sexy time, it always makes me think there's a scene in Time Cop where the guy has the VR headset Stop on. Stop fucking the computer. He says, if I catch you fucking this machine again. Uh, uh, that and uh, was it The Sixth Day? The clone uh, yeah. movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger? The one guy has a virtual AI um, companion. Or... Uh, Blade Runner, the sequel. Yeah, where he has... <laughs> he literally has a, uh, a love affair with a, with, with a hologram AI. Which is pretty cool. Like, and, and, you know, transhumanism and all that sort of shit. So that's pretty cool. But yes, uh, you wanna, should we just go right into the next story? Yeah, 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 go into okay, the Okay, so it's reported that uh, they are opening a Stadia uh, Montreal location that's going to be the first large-scale studio directly created by Google for AAA titles. Now, they have purchased a few small studios already, but this is the first purpose-built studio. You're having between four and 500 people working there. And that is not a small studio. That's like no. Bioware numbers. That's, that's, it's Ubisoft. That's, that's Eidos. That's, that's, that's full AAA. Uh, 
sorry, I had to look up the, uh, the, the woman creating the place is Jade. I'm not going to try to pronounce her last name. Uh, she's worked uh, as the director of the first two Assassin's Creed games. So that's a uh, quite impressive resume. As well game. as the person that created the Ubisoft Toronto uh, uh, studio. So that's Starlink, Watch Dogs uh, Legion. Uh, Starlink, um, what was the uh, Splinter Cell? Uh, Blacklist. I think it was Splinter Cell Blacklist was their, la- was their first game. Yeah. Their second game was Starlink. Uh, third game is now the Watch Dogs uh, Legion. Legion. So she started those teams before leaving Ubisoft to be the head, uh, the head of the first big studio for Google. Oh, wow. Now this studio is going to be like 90% developing AAA titles because they bought a few small studios to develop the indie titles for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 10% of the studio is going to be uh, a dedicated team of engineers to help all other third-party companies port their games. So instead, like Sony's had to do that a few times to help companies port their stuff. But this is going to be the first time that a major platform, I'm saying in quotes, like a mm-hmm. console platform, has a dedicated studio or, or dedicated resources to specifically help ports to their platform to optimize them. Uh, you've had it before where you had like one guy that would jump in or one girl that would jump in and help individual games. But this is like a concerted effort to have you know, an entire team of people whose job is like, hey, let's get Call of Duty working perfectly on Stadia. Mm-hmm. Hey, let's go and get, you know what? Let's go to Nintendo. What is Nintendo? Would Nintendo like a property on on our platform? Can you imagine? I could see them doing it because they don't have to worry about piracy. Yeah. Uh, they're a closed circuit that they can determine what they want. Nintendo is terrible at online to begin with. Yeah. Uh, they wouldn't see them necessarily as competition because they're not making portable except using the ability on, on your Pixel phone. I could see if there was any platform that Nintendo would be willing to work with to get a PC versions going on, mm-hmm. it would be them. It's probably not going to happen. But uh, they'll be like, hey, Square Enix, you know, you want the new Final Fantasy VII game to play on PC? How about you get it to play on Stadia first? That'd be pretty cool. So Stadia launches in just a little under a month. And, um, and it's, it's 190 Canadian plus taxes. So you, I, I've got to make sure I've got money on my credit card for that. Cause, hey, you've got a Founders Edition as yeah, of right now. Yes, as of right now, I've got a Founders Edition, which is the only difference between that and the regular edition that you can order now uh, is it has the blue controller, which they said, and they promised they better not fucking take it back, is going to be exclusive only to Founders. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody else gets the white one that has the, the orange accents. Yeah. Uh, but the dark, the dark blue, whatever they're calling it, is exclusive. And it comes with... Your, Chromecast Ultra. Chromecast Ultra, which is coming in both versions. Like if you just order the regular one now and you get your three-month pass, uh, to you, your three months of premium. But if you were a founder, you also get a second pass to give to somebody else. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're throwing in like an invited friend code basically. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe you need a credit card for that free three months either. It just, it's just going to activate for whomever activates it. So it's to entice you to come in. It's something that me and Alex are going to play around with and experiment because um, I'm skeptical of Stadia, but if the technology works and works well, especially in internet where it's not particularly great, you're yeah. going to see this be like, if I want to go gaming, if I could game in a hotel with just a Chromecast Ultra plugged into my TV and be able to play my Assassin's Creed or my Call of Duty or whatever games that I own, 
that's pretty well, enticing. And for me, I'm going to I, I here's something I realized they don't explain it very well, but I did read the fine print. It doesn't have to be wireless with the Chromecast. The Chromecast Ultra, its power supply it comes with, has uh, an Ethernet port built in. But oh. they didn't advertise that on the box. They should have advertised that in the Founders Pack. So I'm going to hook it up in my bedroom, which has my old 4K TV that isn't HDR. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to hook it up there, and I have very, very bad Wi-Fi in my bedroom. I just, it's just the location of where it is compared to where the, uh, the modem comes into my apartment. Mm-hmm. It just gives me not the best signal, especially not for 4K gaming. Yeah. Uh, but I do run a 100-foot Ethernet cable to there. So I'll be able to play it there. That's where I'll have my Chromecast Ultra hook, uh, hooked up. But when I want to play in the living room, I will go up to my PC, plug in the controller using the USB, because right now uh, it's USB only for Windows. But I'll plug my controller in there, and then I can be able to play it with HDR and everything working that way. So it's not, it's not going to be too hard for that. And actually, uh, if you're playing with PC... You may as well just use an Xbox controller. Yeah. So I just might use my Xbox controller for the living room and use the Stadia controller for the bedroom. And I, now, like, I like the idea of being able to play. I'll be like, it's 3.30 in the morning. Oh, my God, I'm getting tired. And then going, you know what? Fuck it. Pause the game, walk to my bedroom, pick up a controller, and, and take off where exactly where I left off and, and then fall asleep playing it. One of the things I'm a little worried about, because I don't know whether it's been talked about yet, is I don't know what the launch lineup is like. Uh, I know what games are coming out, some of them. Uh, I, I know, we're close enough now, I can't say too much, but I know what some games are. And I know there are ones that they've already announced that are coming to the platform. Okay, so are already working. Because I've had a chance to take a look at the screen while I've seen the betas of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and... There are some games that they already announced they're, they're removing from it because they didn't they weren't as compatible and they're more just for testing purposes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I can say Final Fantasy 15. Uh, okay, well, that's cool. They, so they've got Square Enix. They've got um, the Destiny. Destiny Two is Shadowkeep. Is, is, is those expansion? Yeah, that is you're getting that with the Founders Edition too. Okay, and that's pretty yeah. good because it's a um, first-person shooter. So that's free. There are other titles. Uh, Doom and a few other ones are there. Um, there's a couple indie titles that they are developing in-house to test it. Like There's one that's like a snake game. Okay. Uh, but nothing super fancy there. They, Again, they've shuffled things around from the beta builds that I've personally seen. So I can't say for sure. I do know that they've done a big change to their interface that... Uh, I don't think has gone live yet to the general public, just been in the testing community. Mm-hmm. But it's much... The worry was that... I know the worry was that it was going to be like the Epic Game Store. It's not. I can say that. But I can't say much more because I don't know what's been officially released yet. Mm-hmm. But I, have, I know people that have been playing the betas, and I know what's there, and I know that it works. So I guess we find out officially on November 19th, correct? My guess would be a week or two before they're going to announce what the launch titles are. So, yeah, I guess we'll stay tuned. So we'll have full coverage of Stadia. We'll have Alex's thoughts. I'm sure I'll get his refer-a-friend code, and uh, yeah. we'll figure that and, one and out. If anybody's wondering prices, I don't know the prices of the actual games because for internal uh, purposes, I know that when, they, when you beta test a platform like this, either all the games are free for you to use or they set up a monetary value of like a dollar or a penny just to get people to try it out, and then they reset it over and over again. So I think they're probably still working on their price points because I would assume if you're, uh, you're going to be paying a monthly fee to use the service to begin with, mm-hmm. that you should be getting a discount on the, the retail games as well. 
Mm-hmm. Like it should be like a humble bundle type deal where, you know, you get 5% off each game regardless of, you know, what price it is sort of thing. But again, they haven't announced that yet. I fully expect, what do they call their thing? Not, not the state of play, the stadia something or other. Remember how they had that update on it a few months yeah. ago? I fully expect at the end of this month, they're probably going to have one more announcement for the launch, probably like a 10, 15 minute thing showing. It would be foolish not to have something showing what the full lineup is to start. Or, oh, yeah, because you want point. people to buy it. Exactly. So, uh, final news story today. This one's a little shorter, but we'll kind of talk about what it means in the greater context of things. So, uh, if you haven't been keeping up, Shudder, which is a uh, horror movie-focused streaming service, which you can pick up on a number of different platforms, Roku, Xbox One, uh, iOS, Apple TV, etc., uh, got the license to the Stephen King, G- George A. Romero uh, creep show. Um, license and they've been doing a television series that has run every week uh, since September 26th. So only a couple episodes are left, but evidently it's breaking. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Records uh, since its premiere in September. So according to this, uh, 54% of all members on the service have viewed an episode of the series. As new episodes premiere weekly... Uh, the number is estimated to continue to rise. Episode 1 had more minutes streamed in its opening weekend than any title in Shutter's history, nearly equal to the 2, 3, and 4 titles combined, all of which are feature films with significantly longer runtimes. The first week of Creepshow set a record uh, total for minutes streamed on the service, a record that has been broken in each of the three weeks since. And finally, the series is bringing record numbers of new Shutter members. So far, delivering 14 best subscriber acquisition days in Shutter history and 21 of the top 25 days. Oh, sorry. Finally, uh, Creepshow has been a big hit with critics as it has a 96% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. It's one of the best uh, new reviewed shows of 2019. So uh, one of the people uh, who talks about this is uh, Shutter GM Craig Engler. He says, Creepshow is a breakout series that's hit the trifecta for streaming services. Shutter members love it. Critics love it, and it's driving record numbers of new subscribers. Greg Nicotaro and his team are delivering an amazing show that honors the original movie by George A. Romero and Stephen King while forging an identity that's uniquely its own. Um, the newest one, which uh, will come out... On Thursday the 24th, so this past weekend, stars uh, Bruce Davidson, who I think was a Batman at one point from one of the DC animated movies, I think. And David Arquette. Um, Is he playing a pro wrestler? Because that's what he's doing now. Wouldn't that be funny? Um, The season finale will feature horror legend Tom Savini directing an adaptation of Joe Hill's story by the Silver Watcher, or sorry, by the Silver Water of Lake Champlain, and that will premiere on October thirty first. Um, I've seen yeah. two of the three. Uh, I haven't two seen episodes. it myself yet, but I, I'm waiting to binge the whole thing. It's really good. It, now it's better than it has any right to. The be. Only thing I have with this is those numbers. They're not releasing numbers, so having the most watched show most watched episode ever on a platform that might only have 10,000 subscribers 
Yeah, it's you, weird. You know what I mean? Like, it sounds to me like they probably have a couple hundred thousand people subscribed to the service, but that's nothing. Like, like, like th- this is. It's a niche service. It's like better than like the the two, three, and four combined. Yeah, that might only be sixty thousand people. This isn't like, or even like it might only be. Okay, I'm going to be generous. It might be a hundred and fifty or two hundred thousand people, but that's not Stranger Things fifty million people. Yeah, that's. <clears throat> it's just, I mean, it's impressive for what it is because Shutter, it's a, a niche service. Its library grows all yeah. the time. If it, but if it helps them make new shows, yes, and and bring more people in, they're in the same boat as CBS All Access, where they have three things people want to watch. Yeah, like, like they, they need like, anchor and and the horror stuff they have. Like everybody has those terrible, bad direct-to-video asylum horror movies. Uh, or like old movies, like they're a lot of them are free on like the Film Rise service or Roku channel for free. Yeah. So or Tubi, you have to, or Tubi. A lot of them are doubles or triples. What they need is exclusive original content or merge with somebody else that can provide it. Yeah, like and and if they can do if they can do three more shows like this, if they do a show like this every quarter. That's enough to get people subscribed. Yeah, like because it's only five bucks a month. Yeah, like you, me, and uh, Steve Megatron Phillips on Future Imperfect were discussing, uh, as you mentioned, the CBS All Access thing. You need shows to anchor, and having a weekly show is a great idea. And as you mentioned, a show every quarter, and having like a limited run under ten episodes isn't yeah. great. If you did, if you did, um, <clears throat> let's say thirteen, maybe if you did ten to twelve. Yeah, if you did twelve, if you did twelve. That's your quarter or ten. So you give a week or two between. So before yeah. you premiere your new shows, if you did ten episode seasons, four times a year of different shows, and those you had your anchor show, and then you had maybe one extra show each that you acquire from some other country that is exclusive, and then each quarter have one additional movie that you've produced yourselves, like a direct to video, whatever. Then you've got an anchor show, an acquired show, and a movie every quarter. And people will be willing to go, okay, so that's going to cost me 20 bucks every quarter. I can do that. 20, yeah. 20 bucks for a, a good show, a show I can't, an additional show I can't watch anywhere else in a movie? Sure. Yeah, because Shutter right now itself is like $6 a month, $6, $7 a month. It's 6 Canadian, uh, 5 American, I believe. Like, if I were in charge of Shutter, if I wanted a new exclusive show, I'd piggyback off The Walking Dead because Z Nation is done on on sci-fi. Contact the Asylum. Have them make you a cheap show. Here's what I would do. If I had the budget, and budget's important, only because I want the license. I would license because for years it was discussed that George A. Romero's Walking Dead, or sorry, Night of the Living Dead, would get a uh, television show. And it was going to be set after Dawn of the Dead. I would get the rights to the Living Dead universe, set it after day, but before land. So this way you can have a period show that happened between the 80s and the 90s. Either way, it's after the mainline movies because a lot of people consider it to be just the top three. And then everything else like land and everything else is its own thing. But that would be a powerful license to get. License something exclusive from Stephen King. What you want to do is go after some of the Wes Craven licenses, get the crazies, or or get the Hills Have Eyes and make a show. Ooh, I thought of something. Won't happen. Uh, Actually, no, wait, maybe. 
Why couldn't you do a, a Leatherface show? Yep. This just happened because you remember a couple weeks ago on Twig, we talked about the West Craven estate just got the rights back to Nightmare on Elm Street. Do Freddy's Nightmares? Yep, and get Robert England not back in the makeup because he probably won't do it, but he can fucking do a voiceover. Uh, he would no, he would do the makeup if for the season they all they have to they do is, shoot in one day. You, you shoot one or two days of, of filming of him doing the in between segments, a la Vincent Price and the Hilarious House of Frankenstein, yeah, or any of that, where you can get a hundred episodes out of somebody by having them do one or two takes uh, of like thirty different generic reactions. Yep. And then just have him introduce the stories through narration after that. Yeah. Have him be the Crypt Keeper. Yeah. And, because... and, and that, would, that would be cheap. You only have to pay him, again, for two or three days of work, and you're done. Yeah. So there we go, Shutter. If you use any of these ideas, fucking bring us on, on to job, onto Joe Bob Briggs. Which, that's another thing. Shutter, if they've done anything right, they brought... Next week is the Holiday Hoot Nanny, which they stream in Canada, which surprised the fuck out of me. And then there's Christmas, uh, Joe Bob Briggs' Red Christmas. If you want to get people to sign up, <clears throat> sign up Elvira. Yeah, bring back uh, Cassandra Peterson. Be, bring, get James Rolfe to do a show. You want you want people to watch your your honestly your shitty movies that are like the direct to video crap that they they shovel out there. You know, like where they're mockbusters or they're like, hey, uh, uh, child's plays in theaters. So let's get uh, uh, kids. Let's get kids playground, and it's the same fucking movie just. Uh, why not do a whole bunch of MST three kids? Do a whole bunch of dinner and a movie shows, uh, not just with Joe Bob Briggs. Get three or four of the the big uh, four hosts. I think Stanguli's still doing yep, stuff. Yep, he still does. Get all of them together, and that's what you quarterly shows where they're them spoofing the movies that are already on the network, so you can watch the movies on your own or watch the movies with them introducing each movie. Yeah, I'd pay uh, for that. Have it be like, oh, I, you want to watch a movie? This movie called like Mort- Mortuary of the, the the Living Dead, you know, or whatever. Yeah, whatever. Made up a title, or or even like we saw one was it Slugs or something like that yeah. coming up. You know what? You don't even have to make a whole show. You can select a movie and then have it go play movie or play movie with with, with Elvira's intro. Yeah, and, and yeah. just have them intro each of the movies on there. Or you want to make it really fun? Have them all work a few days. And have it go, uh, watch Elvira's intro to this. Watch Svengulli's in, in, intro to this. And then at the end, have Joe Bob Briggs talk about it. Yeah. And, and you could have them. They only have to shoot for each movie five minutes at the beginning and ten minutes at the end of talking about it. And you could have it where it's like, if you said, by the way, all 300 movies on here have intros from, from these celebrity hosts. That would increase new subscribers dra- because, drastically. Because... Then they're not going, oh, I'm going to Tubi, I'm going to here, I'm going to watch it on, on Film Rise's free YouTube channel, because they're all the same. It's just, they're just copied. You go, wait, I want to see what Elvira has to say about this. Yeah. And then you log in and, and watch it on there. Because you're watching the same movie anyway, why not watch it with uh, a cool celebrity host? Yeah, I think that's a fantastic idea. So, yeah, that's pretty much what happened in the world this past week. As always, we do welcome your interactions, and please don't send me any, any more blowjob machine pitches. Uh, feedback at thisweekingeek.net, we do welcome interaction, and our Twitter at thisweekingeek. Uh, so coming up is a review by me. I'm not sure what I'm putting here just yet because I haven't recorded it yet. So a little bit uh, behind Secrets. The <laughs> yeah, secrets. I'll figure that out tomorrow. Uh, so anyway, we'll be back right here on thisweekingeek.net with the weird news we are looking at dead by daylight 
published and developed by Behavior Interactive. A review code was provided to us. So Dead by Daylight is one of those games that I've been looking forward to playing for quite some time when the game was first announced way back when. The game's been out for a couple of years across multiple systems, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and of course where it originated, the PC. So a Nintendo Switch port was inevitable at some point. So when this game got announced, it's basically you, you're a survivor, you're fighting against um, all these different killers who have wide different ranges of abilities and attacks. You as the survivor have to power up generators to power a door which you can escape uh, these killers and the entity. In fact, if Dead by Daylight does anything right, it has a really cool lore behind it, and it's really something you should really kind of check out because it is really neat. Um, however, though, the game has been around for a while, so you don't need me to tell you what it's like. It's an asymmetrical horror game, survival, kind of like Friday the 13th if you wanted a more contemporary example, but this game did it first, and some do say, arguably, it did it better. Though, I don't know. I played Friday the 13th first, and I had a lot more fun with that, maybe because of the license, but maybe because of the fact you weren't so hamstrung in the fact that killing people you could just do with enough damage, you didn't have to string them to meat hooks, but I'm getting away from the point that I want to make. So this is a port to the Nintendo Switch. And of course, some technical things had to be sacrificed for this game to work. And this game... If I'm going to be honest with you folks, looks like shit. I, I can't describe it in any other form. I've had texture pop-ins, textures that aren't loading properly, textures that look muddy. It looks like somebody smeared Vaseline over everything. It just, it looks bad. Um, I was playing a match recently. I was in uh, a hospital or something, or an abandoned insane asylum or something. And the entire map flashed purple the entire time you know when you have video problems in a video game and it flashes that really weird shade of purple or magenta yeah it did that the whole time so i had technical problems uh playing this too i didn't have too many trouble uh finding a match uh as the survivor finding a match as a killer um i gave up after about 10 minutes i couldn't get into anything um i was also playing in the middle of the day as well um but I just didn't have a, a lot of fun with this game, especially because I'd always heard it was so superior to Friday the 13th. And now that's something to talk about, as a lot of this game's content is locked behind a DLC paywall. Um, if you want some of the cool survivors like Nancy Wheeler or Steve Harrington from Stranger Things, or Detective Tap, or Laurie Strode from Saw and Halloween, respectively. You gotta pay for those. You want the the Demogorgon from Stranger Things? You gotta pay for them. However, weirdly enough, you can't get Freddy and Leatherface in this game. They're just straight up not here. Um, but you can still get The Shape, a.k.a. Michael Myers. You can get uh, The Pig from Saw. And... Yay? But I don't get how this is called the Definitive Edition when all the cool content you have to pay for anyhow. I don't get it. Um, so this game is going to live and die by its online community. People are playing this, but the game has only been out for about a month and change now at this point, and I wonder how strong that community is going to stay. So... I did not have a good time 
with this game. It looks shoddy. Um, at times, the graphics don't work properly. Environments don't seem as rich as, say, Friday the 13th, but that's a game that had maybe a longer development cycle, so I'm willing to give that a little bit of a leeway. Um, when it works, when the atmosphere in this game works right, it is pretty neat to be stalked by some of these supernatural killers. But ultimately, if I want to play a survival horror game, I'm sorry, I'm going back to Friday the 13th. And uh, I'd even consider the Switch version at this point, because if you want Dead by Daylight, you can get it with Xbox Game Pass. Um, it's available uh, on PlayStation Plus, or has been previously. Xbox Live had it, uh, Games with Gold, and Xbox Game Pass, as I just previously mentioned. And it frequently goes on sale on PC, so keep your eye out. But honestly, avoid the Switch port. It's not good. It's straight-up garbage. What makes you qualified to be a reporter? I'm willing to violate anyone's privacy for my personal gain and then claim with a straight face that the public has a right to know. By the hand of Zeus, what manner of deviltry is this? I love fake alien poop day. Welcome back to This Week in Geek, otherwise known as the flags of stupidity that is weak. I'm Mike the Birdman. I'm joined with Alex. I kind of forgot where I was going. There I, I love how Michael sometimes forgets what show we're doing. Yeah. I'm like, uh, also known uh, as Twig. Twig. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yes. That's the ticket. So we are here with the weird, the wacky, the just plain fucked up things that happened around the planet known as Earth this week. God, I want to get off um, in more ways than one. Well, uh, then uh, I have an auto blowjob machine that you can use. You got something you can sell me. <laughs> oh, boy. Every podcast now seems to be hawking those American dick pills. We can get on the bandwagon. We can skip right to it. You can get your American dick pills from an American uh, podcast and then come to us for the dick sucking. Exactly. Although that sounds bad when I say it like that. Yeah, but, I'd rather not be the ones giving the blowjobs. Well, we give the ability to get the blowjobs. Is that is that what we should be doing? Maybe. God. <laughs> I still think you should email them and see what we can get. <laughs> How funny would that be? I'd voice their commercials if they asked me. Yeah. Um, so this is something. <laughs> yeah. The, the auto blow, it makes you go, woo! however this story almost ties into this in a weird sort of way so there's a new phone case that is made out of human-like artificial skin which you could use in your blowjob machine um so ever wanted to be able to tickle your phone well there's a phone case for that mark Mark tessier a student at telecom paris tech just launched the skin on interface a series of ultra realistic phone cases that look like human skin uh, the cases respond to pinching, petting, and even tickling with the intention of mimicking in-person in- interactions. Ew. There's a YouTube video. It's, it's so fucked gross, up. dude. He says, when we are talking to someone face-to-face, we sometimes use touch to convey a- affect emotions and more generally enrich discourse. Uh, now that... Medicated communication is performed through devices. We lo- we lost the sense of touch of communication modality. Uh, I'm sorry, but I don't touch everybody's face when I talk to them. Yeah, like it feels weird. Like it's okay if someone touches your shoulder I'm, or, or your arm. I'm shaking their hand. I'll talk for a minute, but like unless you're talking to like your lover or if you're like talking to your kid when your kid's sad, you're not generally holding their head or face. You know what I mean? Well, I, I'm just going to show you a screenshot of the youtube video 
I don't think I want my phone uh, gauge with oh, human. Oh God, dude! Air. Somebody's gonna rub their genitals against that thing. Well, according to this, the uh, artificial skin designed for robots is usually focused on reproducing tactile acuity and sensing capability. Our design allows us to perform expressive gestures such as pinching while having a robust touch detection. The uh, the texture impacts the tactile perception and makes the interface more human-like and realist. Uh, The artificial skin can also be used as wearable technology like Apple Watches or trackpads for laptops. Using skin-on, users can even control their phones from the back of the case by applying pressure to the artificial skin. This is fucking disturbing. Straight up. Uh, One of the more interesting uh, capabilities of the phone case is the ability to quote-unquote detect emotion. A harsh grip could could mean anger, while tapping for tickling could signify oh, laughter. Somebody, oh, dude, somebody is rubbing their dick on it. I guess that, that you know it's going to happen almost immediately. The only kind of sick fucks that want that are perverted weirdos anyway. He says this, the uh, Tessier, he says, when asked why he created the skin-like cases, Tessier gave the new scientist a simple answer. I wanted to pinch my phone. Um, he says, God, uh, weirdo. He says, human skin is the best interface for interaction. I propose this new paradigm in which interactive devices have their own artificial skin, thus enabling new forms of input gestures for end users. Uh, he proposes that modern technology like cell phones involve a cold interface. It doesn't allow for natural interaction and input. Skin on, he says, aims to counter that. Oh, God. He then goes on to say his innovations don't stop with phone cases. Last October, he created a realistic finger that users can attach to their phones. It enables the device to crawl across the table. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yes. Come here, iPhone. Hey, thing. (laughs) It's it's cousin fucking all the thing. Oh, my God. What the flying fuck? Uh. So, yeah, I don't want this. Curious to know how much it costs. It's, I swear, the only reason you make that is for some weird sexual gratification. Why else? Or you're just a weirdo. Oh, we've lost the ability to touch. No, we haven't. Weirdos just don't touch people anymore. Yeah. Make a friend. Yes, like, I'm sorry, weird shut-ins, that you can't touch people. But, like, no. <laughs> don't be a fucking strange person. Anyway. Don't do that. <laughs> don't have your phone crawl to you. Uh, so coming up, uh, this one, uh, Joker uh, recently broke records. It's now the highest rating R-rated movie uh, recently beating Deadpool 2. So but, great uh, but, but it hasn't beat Passion, has it yet? Uh, all I know is it's a beat Deadpool 2, beating the highest R-rated movie, so maybe it has. Um, however, uh, the iconic poster for Joker now, the Todd Phillips movie, has the picture of the Joker, Arthur Fleck, on these iconic stairs, and he's just dancing, rocking out to Gary Glitter's Rock and Roll Part 2. Believe me, my jaw hit the floor when I heard that song. Um, what? Because of all the kid diddling aspirations yeah, with it? Like, Jesus. Yeah. I don't think that was intentional. I, no, honestly, it was. Yeah. That's something that doesn't slip through. Yeah. So, anyway. uh, hey, get off my kids. Da, da, da. <laughs> hey, don't stop touching creep. Timmy. <laughs> so, hordes of selfie takers are flooding a downtrodden Bronx neighborhood to go to those particular staircases. And people are not pleased. 
Uh, many locals say they're not amused by the selfie seekers turning their hard luck neighborhood into a backdrop for Instagram, especially when these people simply show up for a photo and leave. Uh, get out. One woman can be heard shouting at people on the stairs in a quote unquote expletive, expletive, whatever, uh, filled video posted on Instagram on Monday. The woman who identified herself as a local resident later shared on uh, a photo condemning the Joker fans who are taking pictures on the steps. And I love this quote. I really do. She says, my poverty is not your photo shoot. Um, or sorry, this was a cartoon Joker, uh, says in a speech bubble with, uh, the photo. Um, and I have seen just tons of these photos showing up on Instagram, on Twitter, uh, Facebook. And it's cool that maybe, um, you get this shot, but this area of New York is not a particularly good place. Um, okay, sorry. It made uh, it's made a hundred million less than Passion uh, dom- domestically, but it's made a hundred million more worldwide. Okay, so it is the highest grossing R-rated film of all time. Oh wow! So according to this, stairs where people get robbed and murdered. But okay, let's romanticize some stairs in the hood because Joker made it cool. But they wouldn't dare step in that neighborhood any other day. Um, I did kind of do a little bit of reading of about this um this neighborhood where this where these stairs are is in a neighborhood um in the bronx where evidently um you're 10 percent more likely to get robbed in this particular neighborhood um That's still the bronx which is pretty bad <laughs> yeah and i don't know but they're like it's one thing to show up, take your photos and leave, but just to annoy local residents. But that's what happens with any movie where you get a really easily accessible public setting. Oh, and hey, was there any fucking shootings? No. So you didn't have to treat Alex like an asshole when he went to go see your movie in the theaters. Did you tell this like... story on the podcast? Oh, yeah. Like, it's, it's you know what? I'm honestly the, surprised nothing happened. The overreact. You know what happened? The only attack happened during a Bollywood movie because it was a, somebody protesting uh, 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 Pakistan, Some local Pakistani uh, independence or something like that. Yeah, yeah, and, and, he, and that he, happened locally. Locally here, and they didn't even, and that theater didn't even do anything about uh, you know backpacks or anything for the Joker. It's only fucking Cineplex. Shake my head. I didn't get. I only got an apology from the manager. I did not get an apology from the company. Wow! Because it happened systemically across the country, and in, in any of the theaters that had any theater that had a coat check went nuts, and any of the older theaters that didn't, they just let them run however they wanted. So any of the corporate large VIP ones don't go there for any of their big movies, because that's how they're, they said that's how they're going to treat them from now on. Yeah, like it, it's interesting how the discourse on this movie it kind of came and went. Like, because we knew nothing was going to happen. Oh, like, well, the Batman movie, the Batman movie where that happened was an isolated incident, and it was two Batman movies ago. Yeah, because that yeah. was Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, we've had two Batman movies since then, before this even. You mean Suicide Squad, right? No, no, uh, you had uh, uh, Batman v Superman and Justice League. Oh, yeah, that's right. Plus, oh, yeah, it's a couple. Plus Suicide Squad. Yeah, so, yeah. So, yeah, fuck off. That's it. Yeah. Uh, so I'm kind of surprised something didn't happen because I thought it would have empowered one weirdo. Well, and AMC. But thank God, AMC it didn't. was apparently worse than Cineplex was in the states. Even like they were putting up signs 
Uh, some of them were pranks, some of them were real, that they weren't going to be admitting single white males unless they came with somebody else. I saw else. that, yeah. And I'm like, uh, haha, fuck you, you can't do that. <laughs> so, yeah, there goes that story. So, if you're going to go to these stairs, don't be a jerk. Be smart anyway. Or if you do, be a real jerk, get stabbed, and make the news. <laughs> so my last story, this one's a bit of a heart warmer because it's really weird and it's, it's kind of funny. So a group of rats at the University of Richmond in Virginia have mastered the ability to drive miniature cars to collect food. Oh, boy. With a recent study of showing the animals learning to drive. Among other skills, you'll love this, relaxing. Uh, rat world order coming soon. Uh, while rats have already shown that they can find their way through mazes, press bars, and recognize objects, Kelly Lambert, a professor of psychology at the university, told New Scientist her team wanted to know whether rats could learn complex tasks, such as learning how to operate a moving vehicle. The team's findings were recently published uh, in an article titled Enriched Environment Exposure Accelerate Rodent Driving Skills. Uh, for the experiment, rats were given custom-made vehicles, which were constructed out of a plastic food container with an aluminum floor and a steering wheel made of three copper bars. When the rats stood on the aluminum floor and touched their paws to the copper bars, an electrical circuit was completed, thus moving the car. A group of 17 rats, 6 female, 11 male, were even trained to navigate direction, which required them to grip the left, middle, or right bars. They learned to navigate the car in unique ways and engage in steering patterns they'd never use to eventually... Or this is what we spend our time doing in... in like this, this is what we spend our time doing, is figuring out making rats drive cars. But they were very relaxed. It's so weird. Um, evidently, I'm not the... The conclusion that was reached in previous studies when she taught the rats to dig for food is it's a reaction called self-efficacy uh, or agency. The scientist adds that the, this finding suggests that rats may find satisfaction and mastering a skill just as humans do. So evidently the rats who drove were less stressed than the rats who were driven. I do believe that rats are smarter than most people perceive them to be and that most animals are smarter in unique ways than we think. So, yeah, that's pretty weird. The, the data suggests that we can gain experimental capital if we have challenging dynamic lifestyles that transfer to learning acquisition. And the video of this, I'm sorry, is so cute. It is. Driving, driving these I little go, rat cars. Couldn't we be spending our time on something more important? No, no this, this is how we get real-life fucking Stuart Little. I want them to drive little Stuart airplanes. Stuart Little was not a rat. That's <laughs> right. He's a mouse. Yes, we, rats carry disease. Well, mice carry the hantavirus. Yeah, but it's not so hard to step on a mouse. Rats are bitey. I had a malfunction there for a second, and I got thinking of famous movie rats. And I can think of Rizzo the rat and the rat from Ratatouille. So, well, and then there's Remy. the rat. Is it a rat or a mouse from... Well, it's Mouse Trap. Those mouse. <laughs> But still, just a, a little rat driving a car. Can you imagine? Okay, I remember I used to have a hamster, uh, Coda, who used to drive around her little hamster ball, and she would be adorable. She'd be ten times more adorable now. She could drive around just this little red Ferrari. Oh my god, I want a rat, a fucking DeLorean. Stuart Little, no. <laughs> So, yes, that's what we have on the show this week. I will have yet another review I'm going to place here as we end out the show. So hopefully you've enjoyed Rats, Human Skin, and the Joker Stairs. We'll be back, guys, right after this to close out the show.
We are looking at the Adams Family 2 movie collection, two packs on Blu-ray, brought to us by Paramount Home Entertainment. Well, that's exactly what this is. This is a two movie collection of the original 1990s Adams Family movies starring Raul Julia, Angelica Houston, Christina Ricci. She's still hot today. Um, sorry, I've had a crush on her for like a million years. And of course, the wackiness you've come to expect from the Adams Family movie. And oh yeah, Christopher Lloyd is Uncle Fester. Um, weird casting, I thought, but he does pull it off. I'll give him that. So, um, yeah, these are simple repacks of the Adams Family movies that came out in the 90s. Um, this is a pretty bare-bones collection, uh, all things considered. There are virtually no special features. Uh, on the Adams Family, there's a couple of trailers, I believe, and on Adams Family Values, there is nothing, which um, the timing of this collection is not a coincidence simply because the new Adams Family movie did just come out in theaters uh, just a couple weeks ago. By the way, go check it out. It is quite entertaining. Um, so I'm kind of surprised that uh, this collection doesn't have a little something extra for that to kind of tie in. Maybe a couple of commercials, maybe a couple episodes of the ABC an animated series would have been nice. But uh, yeah, I mean, what, what, what you're getting here is value more so than anything. Um, you can pick this up for less than 15 bucks, at least on Amazon.ca. Um, it looks like it's a pretty good transfer. Um, definitely, like, looks like it's been upscaled from the original uh, DVD release and probably the previous Blu-ray release of this as well. So, yeah, I mean, there isn't a whole lot to say about here, except this is a simple repack. It's got two movies for your dollar here. And uh, I'm going to recommend it simply because the movies do hold up, especially after all this time. And seeing Wednesday Adam playing a really pissed off Native American girl and uh, threatening to torture a girl at the stake for the crimes against her people just warms a place in my heart. that's kind of show it has been this week hopefully you have enjoyed uh hanging out with us this week as it's been an adventurous from the fire department to blowjob machines to all sorts of other wackiness in the middle it's actually been a really really good show blowjob firefighter machines what you're on the something with human skin um we're we were talking about that out of the break and we just can't the technology for the sex industry is going to be it's going to be fucking weird. Because ultimately, it's not like our minds just go straight to sex. It's, that's just where everything eventually ends up. It's true. It really is. Um, so, yeah, hopefully you've had a chance to enjoy this. Uh, coming up on the website this week, a lot of commentaries as we ramp up the yeah, Halloween. We're going to have website. three commentaries at least. We're not sure if there's a fourth one, but at least three commentaries. Yep. Uh, there's going to be a Turner Treasure because I have some RPG reviews to get out that I've wanted to get out, but they're not going to make it for the show this week. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have... Are you on another episode of Nerd of the Third this week? Uh, no, this week is planning. So we're planning okay. out for the rest of the year. So there's going to probably be... Uh, Actually, no, no. There is a Nerd of the Third power this week. Okay. We're doing... Uh, we start out talking about supernatural horror movies, and then we start going in the ghost stories. Okay. Where I legitimately scared the shit okay. out of the cat and Gonzo. Well, then I, we will have a syndicated copy of that up, so you're going to want to listen to that for Birdman there. Uh Usually a day or so after they uh, post theirs, we'll get a copy up for everybody to listen if they missed it on uh, 
on uh, the the Nerd of the Third uh, YouTube or or feed that they have. Uh, now they're probably also going to be a Alter Geek. We're just not sure exactly when. It's yeah, we're out. just waiting on. Steve. We, we usually record Wednesdays or Thursdays with Steve. We're just not sure when <laughs> we're doing it this time. Yeah, this week he just had a, an upset tummy, so we couldn't do it. Actually, he said, "Yeah, my tum tum's not so good. Good, <laughs> it's burbly and gurgly and full of poops." My God, he's going to record on Halloween. Probably. No, wait, no, wait. He said Tuesday night, so he's, he's going to be taking that, his kids out. Good boy. Yeah, so we're doing Tuesday. Okay, so then it'll be out probably Thursday, yeah. when he does it. Uh, either Alter Geek or Future Imperfect, probably Alter Geek this week. Yeah. Uh, then uh, Turn of Treasure, that. Who knows? We might have something else pop up. I'm still, I have to edit the uh, the After Dark that we recorded. Yeah, we did um, a, I really a porno want, film. Yeah, I really want to get uh, a, I want to put together a new intro for it that's exclusive. But that takes a lot of time. And it really does. And I want to make sure that it sounds decent enough. So that'll be out sometime this week. And if I can't make an intro proper by then, we'll just use what we currently got. <laughs> yeah, so we'll kind of see what happens there. Uh, myself, what am I currently working on? I have, I'm looking at my inbox and my God, it's overflowing. Yeah, um, you got probably about five or six reviews to go through. Easily. Uh, for games, I'm working on Mario and Sonic at the Tokyo uh, Olympics, which I got that for the Nintendo Switch, which actually looks like a lot of fun. Uh, I also have Luigi's Mansion that I'm probably going to dig into this week. I got Call of Duty Modern Warfare, which, oh my god, I forgot to talk about this during uh, the intro. Uh, so this week, if you look at the hashtag going dark, uh, certain uh, COD YouTubers... And other people in the Call of Duty community got packages from Activision, and I got one from EB and Activision. And it had a waterproof, completely waterproof uh, duffel bag. I got a hat, I got socks, an Astro A10, a PlayStation 4 controller, a PlayStation 4 copy of the game, an Xbox One copy of the game, which is where I'm going to be reviewing this on so did i <laughs> uh yeah you got my other one so we're going to be reviewing it sort of together different, yeah, different that, perspectives yeah that'll be next week's extended review yeah um what else did i get i got a pin i got some doritos and mountain dew oh that doritos man but yes please tell the dorito story oh i died it was so see now you, you've said like and same with me since i've had stomach surgery certain foods affect me differently whereas i used to be like steel when it came to eating hot foods uh after having my surgery when i eat something i don't feel nauseous ever i I'll, i might get the feeling of like you know when you're gonna barf and stuff like flows into your throat you know like yeah, you get the, the, the swish yeah or you feel like more saliva being produced i get that but i don't get the feeling of being sick or upset tummy anymore it'll make crazy sounds um now so I'm like, okay, this is spicy. I'll eat this, these, these spicy uh, uh, roll-up, whatever, taquito t- style. or ta- They're like Takis. That's, that's the... Yeah. So, but, and Mike, you're like, oh, no, you don't do hot because hot gives you tummy aches too. So you're like, okay, here, Alex, you can have the hot ones. Cool. You go, just give me the XP codes. So I, I quickly eat, uh, eat it as a snack because it's a small personal size, like Halloween size bag. I eat those things. And within like a minute, Mike looks over me because I got really quiet. And I'm sweating. My nose is running. I'm shaking. And he goes, what's wrong? I'm I'm dying. <laughs> like, it was so bad. You had the sweats. And the weird thing was, my belly wasn't telling me anything was hot or off. My <laughs> whole body was like, you're dying. Do not eat this. This too hot. Too hot. <laughs> and it shouldn't be too hot, but it was. It, oh, yeah. It was way hotter than it had any right to be. 
So yeah, yeah, you got the you got literally the kill streak yeah. nuke. And during one of our one of our commentaries, it starts out with me being like, "Man, those Doritos fucked me up so bad." <laughs> I was still in the middle of, of the shakes when we started. <laughs> uh, now, so for review, you've got those. What do I have for review? Um, oh, I've got a lot of RPGs. Yeah, basically, I've got a, I've got uh, the Trails of Cold Steel three and. Uh, the TikTok uh, 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 Travelers uh, Destiny Connect coming out on a Trader of Treasure this week. That's going to be the main focal point of it because those are timely reviews. They're, they were uh, they should have come out this week. But we just had too much to come out. Yeah, honestly, October hit us. Yeah, and it was exactly. I don't want to you know have them lost in the shuffle, so they have to come out. Uh, I have a Super Monkey Ball review coming soon. Uh, I also am going to be cracking into the Cyberpunk Red uh, starter kit. Uh, I'm going to be reading that in my spare time. I say in quotes, spare yeah. time. Uh, as, as well as uh, there's a couple movies that are probably coming up like that I've got coming in the mail. Uh, I have the Roku uh, releases to cover. I've, I've First impressions, pretty good. Um, one or two very disappointing factors that for at their price point they should have included. Uh, I'll just speak one now because yeah. I haven't finished the review yet. But... Uh, every other device in the market either has Ethernet built in or has the ability to use a, a stronger uh, Wi-Fi. O- an OTG, meaning on-the-go, yeah. meaning uh, a Ethernet and power USB transfer. Like Basically, it's a Y cable yeah. that lets you plug in power and uh, Ethernet. They don't. They lock up, they freeze, and every generation has been like that. But at this day and age, every other device in the market, the Apple TV, Android boxes, uh, even the Chromecast Ultra... The uh, their main competitors, the Apple Fire, all support Ethernet through a USB cable, mm-hmm. and they don't. And the Wi-Fi on the uh, two lower tiered ones is kind of shit. Oh. It's they only support they don't support five G at all. That's lame. I double checked. They do not support the five G band. And luckily, my room the five G only really works great with. Uh, my Pixel 2 XL and my uh, Apple iPad because they have really good antennas. Uh, but I, I'm like, okay, the signal's strong. They are getting a good signal, but it's not going to be enough for 4K data transfer. So I don't know why they have a 4K option for the mid-range device if it doesn't support Wi-Fi fast enough to really take advantage of 4K. It really doesn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've been looking. It's not getting 4K streams. And I have a good signal. Um, whereas if I had a 5G connection, it would. Or if I had the Ethernet option... I would. It'd be fine, yeah. So I'm still waiting because I believe next week I might be able to get my hands on their higher tier one, yeah. which is the one device that has the 5G connection and the stronger antenna. If that's the case, that would be my recommendation if you have 4K. If you just have 1080p TV, they're perfectly fine devices, but you're not going to take advantage of the, you know, what the higher bandwidth requirements are. But again, I have to do more testing to, to be sure of everything. It just is a little disappointing at, that their main competitors all have that ability. Mm-hmm. So that's the one gripe, but again, that might not affect m- most people. Like I'm, I'm just, I'm just the bandwidth whore. <laughs> I just make, I have to make sure that everything is. I want everything to be the best quality possible, mm-hmm. and I do have an eye for it. Whereas most people wouldn't notice it. Oh, that reminds you. Next weekend, me and Alex are participating in Extra Life yes. as participants, yes. not as leaders or hosts. 
Uh, I know I'm appearing on the Terrible Warriors listener stream, which is run by Ken Christie Gumbus, I think, is involved. Basically, anybody who's a terrible listener who does yeah, who, all the listener stuff. Listeners and, and patrons and everything, they're running it themselves. Yeah, I'm on 4 to four to 8 p.m. on Saturday I, playing Kagegami High. I don't even know what I'm playing, but I haven't heard back. But I did volunteer if anybody needs anybody from 1 to – there's the 1 to 3 or 1 to 4. In the and, morning. And the 4 to 8 in the morning. You're a machine, dude. I couldn't uh, do it. Because I'm not a young man. I figure that's the one where if somebody needs help, I can get up. If I'm asleep, I'll wake up and help. And if well, who knows? I haven't heard back, but I am going to see what it is. So should be fun. It all goes to help out charity. So I'm sure we'll post up information on our social media. So oh yeah, look at this week in geek at Birdman Dodd at Death Face Twig, and we will post up information. Yeah, and e- and even the main like on our on the main this week in geek Twitter. Yeah, we're, we're, we're going to pimp it out for sure. Uh, I know. Or Terrible Warriors at Dice Warriors. Yeah, Dice Warriors and too. Cambridge Chronicles if you wanted to. Like, yep. like Every platform we're going to send it out talk about it. So uh, We've got more reviews and stuff coming soon. Yep. I, I, know, I know I've got a few things coming in the mail, and I know you do too. I just can't talk about them yet because I don't know when they're going to arrive. I oh. just have to clear up my review bin. I'm hoping yeah. to have that done in like Yeah, see, my, my review bin's getting – I finally started clearing stuff out. I forgot. The two that I have to work on now, it's going to be a bit uh, to get through them is I have the first two seasons or first two series of the Ultraman 1960s show on Blu-ray. Oh, that's cool. So that's something I'm working on right now currently. Good times. All right. So anyway, guys, that's going to do it for us here at Twig. Thank you for joining us as always. Thank you for supporting this podcast for as long as you have. And we appreciate each and every one of you who invites us into your homes and or commutes each and every week. So until next time, we have been. Uh, Oh, my God, it's Alex. I've been Mike the Birdman Dodds and live for your diehard. And as my friend Jackie Bam Bam might say, be cool, be kind, be careful. We'll catch you guys next week right here on thisweekingeek.net. Well, that's our show. All right, here's the deal. Every time you watch my show, I will send you $40. Checks will not be honored. You've been listening to This Week in Geek, your source for guaranteed nonsense or your money back. Tune in next week for more info on the most important things you didn't need to know. Check out our website at thisweekingeek.net and subscribe to our podcast through iTunes or any podcatcher. If you'd like to comment on this episode, head over to this episode's post at thisweekingeek.net and leave a comment through Facebook Connect. Follow us on Twitter at thisweekingeek.net and follow our Instagram at twig underscore official underscore podcast. Social media not your thing? Send us an email at feedback at thisweekingeek.net. We'll see you next time, and remember... Lower your shields and surrender your listenership. Just when you think this show is terrible, something wonderful happens. What? It ends. (laughs) I have to go. Somewhere there is a crime happening.